It's a mockery of basic physiology, a mockery. Mm -hmm. Your body regulates its pH so tightly. If you have issues with metabolic acidosis, you're in the ICU. Water cannot change the pH of your body or your blood. It just doesn't happen. Your lungs, your kidneys, they are the ones that tightly regulate the pH. So no matter what you eat or what you drink, you know, you would die from eating an orange, like if you had issues. So none of that works. It's a waste of money. Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Are you ready to cut the crap with your diet and exercise, get strong as fuck and build a healthy relationship with food? Then you've come to the right place. Let's Let's go. If you'd like to support us in the podcast, join our Patreon where you get exclusive content, which consists of monthly workouts you can do at home or at the gym, monthly challenges that are either strength, habit, or mindset-based, and access to over 100-plus low-calorie, high-protein, family-friendly meals. These are all designed by a professional chef who is certified in nutrition. These recipes are already in my fitness pal for easy fucking tracking. New recipes are also added each week. We believe that fitness is for everyone. So this is our way of getting you started on your health and fitness journey at a price most everyone can afford. So what the fuck are you waiting for? I'll see you on the Patreon. Hi. Hey, Abby. Hi. Hi. Are you ready to cut some crap? (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we are excited to chat and cut the crap with you today. So thanks for being with us uh, here today, Abby. We've been following you for, oh gosh, a very long time. You're like the goat, we call you, of the dietitian oh, Absolutely. World, so we're super excited <laughs> to have you here. I remember, I think it was like in 2020, I don't know, how were we talking about? We we're like, Abby Langer, do you know who she is? She's like the goat. She's a super smart dietitian. She, cut, does, she cuts through all the bullshit. So we've been. I remember when you came on to TikTok during during the pandemic, and you when you finally got onto TikTok, it was like, oh my god, yes, finally, because like obviously TikTok really needs evidence based information. Yeah, TikTok is like my TikTok is incredibly lame. I haven't been on it in so long. I just hired a new assistant, so I'm gonna get her to help me with it because it's like too much for me. I'm like so consumed with Instagram and Facebook and everything else that I'm doing. And so I have to relinquish some control. Yeah, totally. TikTok can be very time consuming. Uh, it's also really aggravating sure. to me. Like, I, I have trouble watching things on TikTok and engaging on TikTok because there's so much garbage on it that it actually affects my mental health in a negative way. Mm-hmm. I, I get so upset I know, like, I shouldn't, but I, it's just who I am. And people send me this shit too, like, all day long. So when I see someone saying, like, there's antifreeze and Pop Tarts or <laughs> whatever, I just get so angry because there's like so much garbage on there. Yeah. So I'm just sort yeah. of like, I don't want to do that. Same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I've been blo- blocked by so many people oh, on there because yeah, I call them yeah. out on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like Bob Flav City. I mean, he's out of oh, control. No. I'd like to, you know, chat about. He's the worst. <laughs> oh my God. So I, Matt was just telling me that he has a barcode scanner yeah. that you can barcode scan his foods to say if they're Flav City approved. Yeah. Bobby approved. <laughs> You know what? I'm just waiting, like, for his daughter to grow up and do a tell-all book about her childhood because he's like basically putting her all over. She's too young to consent, which makes me disgusted. All of these influencers who do that with their children makes me so. I have two kids. Like, you don't really see them a lot on some. My daughter mm-hmm. plays hockey. Like, sometimes I'll put her on there. But people who make a living and get clicks from their kids when the kids are too young to consent. He does that all the time. And it's just despicable. Yeah. It's like teaching her like to be orthorexic. Oh, totally. That's besides the point. Yeah. His stuff's so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm convinced that he's not like that in real life. It's just like that carnivore MD guy who I, I posted about yesterday. I'm sh- He's like, oh, spinach is unhealthy. And I'm like, fuck the you. Oxalates. You like <laughs> eat spinach. Can I swear on this podcast? Ab- swear, swear to your oh little heart's God. content. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, like. You can say whatever yeah. the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, no, no. Like, I'm just convinced that these people do shit for clicks and then they don't follow it in real life. 
Well, it's very lucrative for them to do this too, you know, to, to spread in misinformation oh, yeah. and to cause fear. It's very lucrative. Well, the research actually says that if people are more likely to listen to an idea that's novel, even if it's coming from someone who's not reputable. So like if, you know, when he says things that are outrageous, like spinach is bad for you, oatmeal is bad for you, you shouldn't eat fiber, people latch onto it. It's crazy. So he knows what he's doing. Fear sells. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. So we could definitely do an entire episode talking about this type of stuff. But before we get to that, we would like for you to kind of introduce yourself to our audience. So as we said, we, we've been following you for years, consider you the go of registered dietitians online. And you and you have quite a bunch, bunch of experience working both online and in media and things like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been a dietitian for over 20 years. And I've gone from, you know, working in the ICU when I first started to working in an outpatient clinic. So I have like all of that experience with physiology and all of the disease states. But then I started Abby Langer Nutrition in around 2012, 2013, just because I wanted to be at home with my kids more um, when they were young. And I had had that luxury. So um, now I am an author. I wrote a book called Good Food, Bad Diet. It was published by Simon and Schuster in 2021, right in the middle of the pandemic, which was bad. I do a lot of writing for media outlets like Men's Health Magazine. I'm on their advisory board. I write for my own blog. I have a podcast called Aggressive Salad that I just started. <laughs> um, I have like a a lot of things. But what I like to do the most is bust nutrition myths for people who are preyed upon by these charlatans. And there's so many out there. There really are. We've already touched on two of them of the probably million that's out there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and those people spreading that sh bullshit, like it, it really instills fear in so many people, like afraid to eat all these different things. I mean, I've met people that won't eat bananas, potatoes, yeah. vegetables because of people like Bobby and uh, Carnivore, whatever his name is. Yeah, no, and people are using uh, their authority or their apparent authority to convince people. Like they're appealing to that authority, like the Carnivore guys, I'm a doctor, you know. Well, fuck you, you're a psychiatrist and <laughs> you don't have any kind of right to like go around and spread bullshit to people that as actually making his own diet made him sick, which is why he added fruit into his diet. But then of course he justified it like in a way that like still was within his agenda. Yeah. He, he was able to say this is still, you know, they actually did eat fruits and berries and things like that. Is it what, what he ended up saying? Oh, right? No, they actually did. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you're just finding that out. <laughs> oh Yeah. Well, it's because he couldn't be a phony. So so he had, his diet had to evolve. And now he's actually kind of been ostracized yeah. by the carnivore um, community because of his stance on, you know, eating fruit. Because the diehard carnivore people are like, no, no fruit. Absolutely not whatsoever. And if you do eat fruit, it has to be in season. <laughs> yeah, it has to be in season. And yeah, it's crazy. There's so many rules out there right now about what you should and shouldn't eat. And so many people giving advice. They're not in. They're not supposed to give. I mean, they're just, they're, they're not qualified, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's one thing I actually really would love to touch on. It's only because a question it's that I get, and I'm sure Matt gets, and you get all the time is the weight loss drugs. Like, what do you think about Ozempic, semaglutide? It's like, that's out of my scope, right? I'm just a nutrition coach. So coming from a registered dietitian, what are the pros and what are the cons that you're seeing right now with these weight loss drugs? Well, I, I mean, I fully support them. I think, you know, and I think people think that I'm going to say, no, it's bad for you, or like, don't get weight loss surgery, or this and that. But there are a lot of people out there who can't just like, eat less. It's, mm -hmm. There's people out there who really need these drugs, and they save people's lives, I'm sure. So does weight loss surgery. And so I've never been opposed to that. So yeah, I, I support them wholeheartedly, but they do have side effects. So you need to work with somebody who knows what they're doing, like a doctor, don't just get these things from like a medi spa or whatever. Um, you need someone to follow you medically. And I don't agree with using these drugs to lose vanity weight, which is a couple of pounds because you want to friggin fit into a smaller pair of jeans. Like that's not where why these drugs exist. 
And yes, everybody is entitled to do whatever the hell they want. But when there is a shortage of the drug because people in Hollywood or in wherever are like just shooting it because they don't like the way they look, it's like horrible. It's also setting a terrible example for your kids and for other people. Like, I I mean, I did a whole post on it on my site and I found so many spas and just like influencers using Ozempic. And they, they're really thin. They absolutely have no reason to use them. They're not diabetic. And just because someone's thin doesn't mean they're not diabetic. But these people were not diabetic. They're just using it for fun. It's like, what? That's just so unhealthy. It's disgusting. Stop. Yeah. These are the same people who are like, you have to like eat all organic and Blah, blah, blah. And then like, you're fucking putting this shit in your body for what? Talk about unnecessary medication. Like, please, like, get your shit together. Yeah, we've definitely seen an influx of new clients and and just questions about people wanting to use it just for what you just said, for that vanity weight, for that last 10 to 15 pounds. So that's definitely been something we've been concerned about. I've had clients that their dermatologist or chiropractor is offering up this information or these drugs to them, right? And they're coming to me saying, you know, they're already with coaching with us. And they're like, yeah, my dermatologist offered me Ozempic. And I'm like, your dermatologist was nothing to do with weight. That's insane to me. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, it's maddening and it's unprofessional and it's unethical. It's also important for me to mention that if you're trying to lose the same five or 10 pounds for years, there's a reason for that. And the reason is that your body probably doesn't want to lose those five or 10 pounds because that's where it's supposed to be. You may have a weight in your mind that's like your ideal weight. Don't use those charts. They're like totally wrong. But your comfortable weight is what I call it. Maybe several or many pounds higher than you what you think it is. And your body's just trying to get to its comfortable weight. And stop fighting like the last five or 10 pounds. Like what, what are you losing by fighting all of that? Like how is that affecting your life? How is it rippling out to everybody else around you? Like your kids and your spouse or your partner, whatever, you know, just like lean into that and live your life. Your body doesn't want to be that thin. So, okay. Stop fighting your body. Stop fighting homeostasis. (laughs) You're only hurting yourself. And you're never going to win. You may win briefly, right. you will not win. but you're still not winning because you're freaking miserable, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or you'll get there and you'll want more. That's not good enough. You know, never let's lose enough. another five pounds. I want to be skinnier than that. You know, it just, yeah. it's just, there's never like a happy place. Yeah. And unfortunately, social media and media in general, in the world we live in, it's like, that is the mindset that it promotes, right? It's all promoted. Like, you're great if you don't eat. Like, yay, yay you, you know, you can fast for 36 hours. That's, you know, and it's like, oh God, how how did we get here? For sure. So some of that, um, what you you said a few minutes ago was talking about the influencers talking about all organic and how you have to eat organic. So we're actually wanting to talk a little bit about um, organic and non-organic and dispel some myths around, you know, how organic is, quote unquote, better and healthier for you. So like, are there benefits to going organic versus non-organic? Is it actually better for you? So research has shown that organic food does have more of some things like antioxidants. That being said, I always tell people, (laughs) that's not going to help you live longer. It's not, is that going to translate into a meaningful outcome? in your life. How is that going to change your life? We don't nine out of 10 of us don't eat enough fruits and vegetables to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so do you even eat enough? And without like the organic or conventional fight, my my feeling is that it's not really worth buying organic. And some of your listeners may be thinking, well, what about the dirty dozen and clean 15? That's all bullshit. The EWG Mm -hmm. is like a lobbyist organization. It has nothing to do with anyone except 
they support the organic food industry. I know it's very shocking, but I've investigated their research, which is completely misleading. So don't use the Dirty Dozen or Clean 15 to decide. I'm so glad that. you brought up the Dirty Dozen because we absolutely wanted to ask you about that. Um, <laughs> and that's something that yeah. people like Flav City like to promote too, right? Oh, Where does that come from? Who, who made this shit up? Yeah, well, the Environmental Working Group is an organization that supports the organic industry, basically, although it has several revenue streams, whatever. But they do this research, which is like, I can't even with you. They're the ones who say, you know, like, don't eat oats. There's so much glyphosate. The Cheerios have glyphosate in them. And then you look at their their research and it's so biased and it's so bad and they cook the numbers and it's like what but people believe it and it's like a big thing and you know what as a younger dietitian I used to believe it too until I figured it out and then I was like wait a minute I'm I feel bad like that I told people about this because it's all bullshit it's all bullshit Interesting. How how did you how did you come to that conclusion that it was all bullshit? Like, what evidence did you see, or was there an event for that? When I didn't have my own business, that's when I was like, "Oh, dirty dozen, clean 15. And my friend said strawberries are dirty, and like all of that. So I would tell my clients. And then when I started my own business, I started to follow um, Food Science Babe, who I absolutely ah, yes. love. We love her. Yes, and she mm-hmm. was like, "Listen, this is bullshit, and here is why." And then I was like, I need to, and people kept talking about the Dirty Dozen, like positively. So I was like, I want to investigate this. And I did a whole post on it. And in doing that, I like went into their research and I saw what they were doing firsthand. And I like, it just didn't add up. And then I investigated, like, they're pretty transparent about where their funding comes from. So I was like looking at that and talking to people. And I was like, oh, this is just really not adding up. So my mind has been changed 100%. You know, people talk about organic, not only in, in health terms, but for the environment as well. You know, farmers use as little pesticides as possible because they don't want to drench their shit in pesticides either. Um, It's expensive and it's bad for their crops. Organic does use pesticides. They're just not synthetic. But it doesn't mean that the pesticides that organic crops have on them are not deadly. So they still use pesticides. That's the difference, right? Yeah, the synthetic versus non-synthetic. But, Mm -hmm. you know... People, I think, don't make the connection between the dose and the poison. They just see like, oh, this farmer got drenched in glyphosate like 18 times and now he has cancer and it must be the glyphosate. And I'm just like, okay, well, you'd have to eat like 300 or 700 servings of strawberries to even get like, and that, like, it's just not going to happen, guys. And these aren't like chemicals that sit in your body for fucking eons you get rid of them so it's like not people just make these things up or they take a kernel of truth and they blow it up and i'm convinced it's entirely for attention and notoriety you can go viral very easily doing that type of stuff oh yeah totally and that's what they want right Mm -hmm. sad Another topic that i love to chat about is like aspartame and things like that but stemming from that water talk. I saw the video that you made about that. And this is another question I get. Beth, what do you think about all these water drinks? Um, Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm for no good or bad foods, right? But I think people are taking that to the next level, right? You don't need to have like 8 million crystal lights a day. And then you put in the skinny syrups in there too. I mean, what I loved what you said is like, you're just going to want more sugar. So can you talk more about that? It's super interesting to me. You know what? I don't even know if there is research that shows that sweeteners make you want more sugar. Maybe there is, but it's like anecdotal. But it's, I mean, when you eat a lot of sweet, you're changing the way you perceive sweetness in foods. And a lot of these sweeteners are are many times sweeter than sugar. So if you're putting in like a ton of fucking Starburst shit in your water, whatever, and you're drinking this many times a day, I mean, it's problematic for many reasons. And then you go and eat something that's naturally sweet, like a piece of fruit, it may not taste as sweet to you, right? And so you're going to want more and more, right? right? So or sweeter and sweeter, if you will. But I mean, the whole water talk thing is problematic, because we 
have always been told, unfortunately, with diet culture, you know, if you think you're hungry, take a drink of water, you know, drink water to fill your stomach up. And it's like a disordered way of thinking about food and eating. And I see that all the time with the skinny, the use of the hashtags like skinny and thin and da la la, whatever. And it's like, whatever, flavor your water if you want. But it's always about the intention. If you love flavored butter, I don't care, like do what you want. But like, you don't have to put that much shit in your water. And I'm not saying this because aspartame or whatever is bad for you. It's just like changing your perception of sweetness. And it's also if you're drinking because you don't want to eat, that's problematic. When the world feels crazy and chaotic, remember that you don't have to. You deserve to take control of your mental and physical health. Cured Nutrition is trying to make it easier for you to do just that. Formulated with their trinity of ingredients, a blend of full spectrum, cannabinoids, functional mushrooms, and adaptogens, Serenity Gummies are your answer to finding the calm in every storm. Cured wants you to feel good about feeling good. They took their time formulating their Serenity Gummies. They left out the artificial flavors, sugars and dyes, and replaced them with ingredients that actually live up to their clean label, wellnessy word. I've recently started taking Serenity Gummies at night for my nighttime routine to help me get settled after a long, stressful day, and they've been really easing me into a great nighttime sleep. Right now, Cure is extending an exclusive offer to you, our listeners. You can grab a bag of Serenity Gummies for 20% off by visiting www.curednutrition.com slash CTC and using the coupon code CTC at checkout. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com slash CTC and coupon code CTC at checkout to save 20% to protect your peace and pop a gummy. So the motives and the intentions behind what, why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. We see people struggling to just drink, get enough, you know, adequate water and hydration in any way, right? So yeah. I, like you said, it's, you know, drink it if you like it. But when when do we stop the madness of trying to dietize at literally everything, I guess, is the way I kind of look at it. Yes. <laughs> and hyper flavor everything. Why does mm-hmm. everything have to yeah. be like flavor burst or flavor? Like, Stop. Food is great flavor naturally if we if we you know allow ourselves yeah. to appreciate it. Yes, of course. And that you know they don't like the taste of water because they're fucking adding shit to it all the time. So when they actually have regular water, they're like, oh my god, it's so gross. Like the taste of water, legit. And so put some stuff in it, whatever, like yeah. you know, lemons, limes, whatever the hell you want. But like, don't do it because you are trying to like fucking drown yourself in Skittles mm-hmm. flavoring. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, the colors of these drinks are, it's lurid. Yeah. What lime green flavored lime water red. and everything. Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's like d- drinking liquid jello, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks yeah. like. <laughs> While we're on water talk, this is a very common question we get whenever we talk about drinking more water is cold water versus warm water, which is best, right? Especially because that's one question we get. If I'm trying to lose weight, should I be drinking? I I heard that drinking room temperature water is best for me, right? So what's the truth behind cold water versus warm water? I love this question because it applies to a, a couple of different weight loss methods. So people think that if they drink ice cold water, it takes your body calories to heat the water up to room temperature and it can, it can help with weight loss. That's the thing. Just like eating chili peppers increases your metabolism. But again, I'm going to go back to what I mentioned before, which is clinical relevance. So, you know, does it take your body calories or energy to warm the water up to body temperature maybe maybe? but it may be like (laughs) fucking three a day right and Mm -hmm. all the while you're freezing all day long so i think like (laughs) what i would recommend is drink whatever temperature water you like i personally like room temperature water i don't like cold water it's not going to help you with weight loss or hinder weight loss in terms of temperature nothing it's not going to make a difference and neither is like pouring chili peppers on your food. It's just going to make you sick. Yeah, the, the the extremes that people will take, like focusing on these so things that things that are so minute, right? Majoring in the minors is something we like to say. They're really just spinning their wheels because they're focusing on the wrong things. Doesn't matter how you drink your water; just drink your damn water. Yeah, you know what people always ignore is the role that 
emotional health has in weight. And I mentioned my book, I have a course called Eating After 40 for people after 40. I don't even get into the food until like the fifth week of an eight week course, because it's all about cleaning out your closet with all your emotional shit around food and eating in your body. And so often people are like, well, I need to eat hot food because it raises my metabolism or I cut gluten or whatever. And it's like, why? Why are you feeling this way? Why do you feel the need to constantly berate yourself, say negative shit to yourself? Why do you feel that you're not worthy unless you weigh X? Okay, let's talk about that because that's going to be the most meaningful stuff that you can do towards a healthy, comfortable weight and healthy emotional, an emotional state, like a healthy emotional state. And those two things, what else do you want? It's lifestyle. That's what we say all the time. If we're not looking at our behaviors and our habits and our mindset, like what are we doing? Because no amount of weight loss or clean eating or whatever is going to help you if you're still feeling that way about yourself and you're still falling into these bad behaviors. I tell people it's like an app refreshing yourself in the back of your mind. So no matter how much weight you lose or whatever, it's still going to be in the back of your mind and it's still going to impact you in whatever you do. Mm Mm-hmm. I would like to introduce one more contribution to the water talk discussion, and that is big water and pH balanced water, because that's something we see a lot oh, too. Yeah, no. those, those, big water. Those, those oh, water machines and the, no. the MLM scams that we see with water. What's what's up with those? Oh no, the Kangen water. Those people are vicious. The Kangen water. Yes, yes. Yeah. So there's nothing. No, no. It's a mockery of basic physiology, a mockery. Mm -hmm. Your body regulates its pH so tightly. If you have issues with metabolic acidosis, you're in the ICU. Water cannot change the pH of your body or your blood. It just doesn't happen. Your lungs, your kidneys, they are the ones that tightly regulate the pH. So no matter what you eat or what you drink, you know, you would die from eating an orange, like if you had issues. So none of that works. It's a waste of money. Don't do it. Totally. The, the Kagan water, like water, whatever it is, ionic water. It's such a rocket. I'm sorry. Fucking eat, drinking water. It really is. It really is. We see people making a killing promoting those things on TikTok and Instagram. Yes, they're expensive. They're so expensive and people will protect their revenue stream. You believe you me because I have the emails to prove it. Oh, she's got the receipts. <laughs> oh yeah, they don't scare me. Yeah, good. I don't. I don't see you as being intimidated easily. I do have a defamation <laughs> lawyer on staff, twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five. I you have go. to. Yeah, love that. <laughs> That's what happens when you speak your mind and you and you tell people the truth. It pisses people off. It does. It yeah. does, unfortunately, but it needs to be done. How dare you take away my cash cow that I didn't even deserve in the first place? Yeah, exactly. You know, how dare you call me out for being predatory? Mm -hmm. I'm empowering women. Uh, Taking advantage of people. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't empower anyone to give them misinformation, but thanks a lot. Thanks for coming out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like intermittent fasting and menopause. Oh, are we going to do this? Uh, (laughs) Are we going to go there? We might as well. We're we're there now. (laughs) We can, only because I've been blocked. Oh, she blocked you? Yeah, yeah. A long time on TikTok, a while ago, when I called her out, she doesn't like that. And so I'm 50, I'm going through menopause right now. And it's something that I talk about. And I, oh, I get people tag her in my videos all the time. I'm like, can you please stop tagging this person? She's not going to see it. (laughs) I just think it's very sad. It is sad. It's sad. It's sad. And again, it's like under the guise of like empowering women. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. you're telling women that they have to starve in order to like age properly or like relieve their symptoms. Nobody needs to be on a ketogenic fucking low calorie because I, I just reviewed the book that she came out with. Yeah. Issue with my review and then devolved into like an ad hominem attack which was like so lame. It's a ketogenic, intermittent fasting, low calorie diet. It's like, what are you doing? So three different diets in one. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and why are you selling this to women? Do we, do, I don't have enough fucking problems that I need to fucking starve and follow your shit 
fucking recipes. This sucks. She's aggressive, though. She's ag- I'm going to say she's aggressive. And, but and she's a medical doctor, though, so we should believe yeah. her. Appeal to authority, right. Appeal to authority, right. yeah. And that's what people do. It's like, well, she's an obstetrician. She's a doctor. She knows what she's talking about. So I'm sorry, but the best ever, uh, the best, and I hope you caught this, was when she didn't make the New York Times bestseller list and she started to cry I did. on her Instagram. Amanda Thebes sent me screenshots <laughs> of her stories to tell me what was going on. She was literally fucking crying in her stories on Instagram about not getting the top New York Times bestseller. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then she went and made another story to say she apologized for doing that. She wasn't trying to be, you know. A lot of people are kind of coming around to do that stuff being bullshit. I know I've had a lot of followers and even clients that used to follow that, you know, her and that way of doing things. And then they're like, I was just tired and frustrated and hungry all the time. And it just didn't work for me because it was too restrictive. Yeah. And that's really any it's diet too restrictive right there. It doesn't deal with, again, the stuff, the stuff. Like, why do you feel the need right. to punish yourself all the time? Like, it's okay. Like, you can just eat and like, some people can't just eat. Yes, I get it. But the majority of us can just clean out our fucking closets around, you know, our negative core beliefs and how we feel about ourselves. And then just, you know, sail off into the sunset, man. Like I'm 50 and I'm in menopause. Like I don't want to fucking starve myself. I did enough of that in my thirties and my twenties. Thanks a lot. I don't we have enough so. stress going on. Never yeah. mind starving ourselves through menopause. I mean, I can't imagine there's be no way. No, no. It, you know what? If you follow Jen Gunter and Amanda Thebe for menopause content, yes, it's amazing. They're the best. Jen Gunter is like such. A, talk about a doctor who's using her authority properly yeah. and ethically. Jennifer Gunter is amazing. I cannot say she is a tough motherfucker, and I love her. <laughs> I would trust her. With she my is. Life. She is. Like literally. Love it. Yeah. Good. Good name drops there. Good, great name drops. Yeah, well, they they deserve them. Yeah, for sure. She's no bullshit, too. I love listening to her. She doesn't put up with shit from people. And thank you for doing that, you know, because like you said, she puts out top notch information. Yeah, she and she calls people out like on Twitter. I don't even go on Twitter Mm -hmm. anymore. Like people insult her and she fucking comes at them. And it's wicked. More power to her. You know what? She's great. You gotta have thick skin. Definitely. It can be hard, especially when you're first starting out doing that. Oh, like you said earlier with mental health. She's, that, she's doing the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> For sure. So a couple of times now you, you've mentioned the negative core beliefs and how that has such a big impact on our, our health and wellness and the way we feel about ourselves. How can we start dismantling those negative core beliefs? I know that's very br- open-ended question. Yeah. So, but it's a good question. (laughs) In my book and in my course, I teach people how to find what their negative core beliefs are and then how to flip them into a positive or even into a neutral. I mean, I think we've been like conditioned to think everything has to be positive, body positivity, you know, like everything's, you know, everything should be happy. No, like if you're just neutral, even if you're just neutral, it's better than a negative. What a core belief is, is a belief system that's instilled in us when we're really, really young, and it has the power to influence a lot of our decisions. So for example, I mentioned before, like I am not worthy unless I weigh X or food is comfort. Nobody will love me unless I'm thin all of these things. And people carry these beliefs with them, sometimes until they die, really, like I have had people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, who have these negative core beliefs and don't even realize they have them, because they're so deep down. And they come from like, you know, someone called you fat when you were 10, or your mother or dad was always on a diet. And so you, you get these beliefs from when you're young and challenging them, challenging them or finding them is often very upsetting you know you don't want to relive that shit but it'll help you in the long run so i teach people how to do that if that's, that's the amazing. stuff that people have to focus on versus like going on another diet yes because i always say like there will never be any lasting meaningful change to your diet unless you deal with these negative core beliefs and i think we all have them especially when we grew up in the 80s oh awful 
Yeah. My mom was always on a diet. She was always talking about herself in front of me. Like she always wanted to be your thinnest self. Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, you know, she did all of it, which I was sitting there watching her do all of it, which created the negative cycles in me um, and me having to work on my own shit because of that. So yeah, it all comes down. And then like, even like people commenting on other people's body. Oh, look how fat she is. And then as a kid, you're like, well, what if I get fat? Is she not going to like me? Are people going to? So it's good to like air all of that shit out. Absolutely. With your book, then you said you released that in 2021. Good food, bad diet. That's what it's called, right? What made you want to write the book? Oh my God. What made me want to write the book? My husband was bugging me to write a book for like 10 years. And I'm like, you can't write a book unless you have a a hook like it's not easy (laughs) dude but i got a literary agent i the book admittedly was not what it ended up being i had an idea i was introduced to a literary agent i gave her the idea and it became something different because when you sign with a big publisher that's kind of what happened they know what sells right but essentially it's about getting my message out to a large number of people. And this stuff that's in Good Food, Bad Diet is what I've been practicing for years. So people were like, wasn't it really hard to write a book? And didn't it take a long time? Not really, because it's just everything I've always told people on paper. Just kind of consolidating it and putting it all in one place. Yeah. And now people are like, when are you writing another one? (laughs) We want more. I don't know. I gotta have a hook. Again, my husband's like, you should write something about menopause. I'm like, it's been done like so much. I think if you wrote a book literally just debunking a lot of the diets and and things out there, I mean, you would do that would do well. Myth busting book. I feel like that's already out there. Maybe it's not. I don't know. What I would really love to do, I would love to write something for teens and tweens. Ooh. But it's not yeah. saleable. Oh, it's yes. Not saleable. Oh my God. There's not much out there for There's not. And I and I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, both girls. Same. And they could help me. Like it would be amazing. I want to do a course for them, but it's like, who buys it? The parents, the child? Like it's it's just a weird category. And so I've already been shot down. <laughs> Well, think, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I know. But diet culture for teens type thing, you know, like that could be a really good. Yes. I know. (laughs) I know. Like, what if your Aunt Margaret says it calls you fat or comments on what you're eating at the dinner table? Like, what are you going to say? Like, how do you deal with that? And like, how do you deal with body shaming? And like all of that stuff, it would be so good. You're making me want to do it again. Like, yes. I, think, like I love I this know. idea. I, I you need to. I mean, seriously, only because oh, my son right now, who's 11, he's already talking about, and I think Matt knows this, and he's talking about how he doesn't like his belly right now. And oh. it's, he cried himself to sleep about it the other night. Oh, no. And it broke my heart. I'm like, you are going through puberty. Your body is changing. You're growing. I'm like, look at, I go, mommy has a belly. She grew you, you know, I'm like, (laughs) your body does amazing things. So, you know, I think you writing a book, that would be so important for just kids to, you know, understand because a lot of the parents aren't nutrition coaches and really don't understand nutrition in a way that they could teach their kids. And you know what? To be honest, kids need something to debunk what the fucking parents are putting in these kids' heads. They That's do. very true. Somebody's got to fact check yeah. the parents because they're just passing Someone down what they learned from diet culture so, or bad information they learned in school. Yeah. Forcing their kids mm. to work out before school. Like, I, I hear it. I hear it. And it's, it's not good. So, yeah, you're making me want to like. The schools aren't teaching it. I mean, oh no, my basic daughter nutrition in grade seven. My da- she's in grade nine now. In grade seven, my daughter actually had to write down the perfect day of eating and like track it on a calorie app. She was thirteen. I emailed the teacher and I was like, "She won't be doing this assignment, so you need to come up with something alternative because like this is deeply harmful to these children, even the guys." not just the girls. I started a whole thing because I was like, she's not doing that. And then I was like, are you going to let your kid do that to my friends? And yeah, a bunch of us were like, we're opting out, but that's what they do. And it's the guy was a trainer and he just, he didn't have a lot of nutrition experience. And I'm just like, 
stay in your lane. It's good. It's all right. Yeah. I remember my health and food classes when I was a kid and I, oh, I, I should, I should, I remember them, but I don't remember them because we didn't learn anything. And I was really excited I remember this shit. year too, because my son just finished seventh grade and he had wow. food science in his, one of his, as one of his classes this year. That's I was really so excited. Cool. Like, I can't, I can't, well, I thought so too, until it was just a study hall, glorified study hall for them. They actually didn't fucking learn anything. So they have food sciences, but uh. they were using it as a study hall. And that really pissed me off. What? Yes. Food so it's just, it's just a study hall. It's an awesome like, course for them. Yeah, well, I agree. That's very disappointing. And that's, we, we talk about that all the time here on the show is the lack of nutrition education in, in our in a public school yeah. system and, and, and available for kids and things like that. So, I mean, if you could figure out how to do the, the book for kids, because I think the biggest challenge there would be getting them to read it, you know, because not a lot of kids like to read these yeah. days. But I love I the idea, honestly. I, my kids would do like little sidecars in it. Like it would be awesome. And speak. Yeah. I think like, 13, 14 year old, 15 year old kids would read it. I do too. Yeah. Especially, I get, yeah. Especially if it's targeted, like not targeted, but like, you know, made for them, you know? Yeah. Because they're obviously they're going through this stuff right now. They're struggling. They are. And look at TikTok. Like it's so fucked up. It's I'm afraid Very. for these kids. I'm afraid. What image do they see? The Kardashians or like fucking whoever else? Like it's so unhealthy. It's not okay. On one hand, they're very, like, inclusive. On the other hand, it's, like, really messed up, like, with body image. It's strange. Mm -hmm. It's like a dichotomy. Yeah. Definitely. What I eat in a day, let's start off with a bikini. I'm, like, 17 years old, you know? Uh, Yeah, that's the whole thing. One thing I always told my kids is that fat isn't a bad word. We weaponize the word fat. And anytime like my kids would say, you know, this person's fat, I'm like, that's not a derogatory word. It's just a descriptor. That's something that I started them out with just so that they know that fat isn't bad. Yeah. Even when it comes to body. Okay. Like that's. Everybody has fat. We 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 need need body fat. fat. It's healthy to have body fat. We need body fat. (laughs) Well, that's, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what I'm doing either. Like as a parent and I struggle a lot. You know, I do. I struggle a lot. It's do. hard. Even as a dietitian, I'm like, do I let them just go nuts on the Nutella? Like, do I? It's a struggle to set boundaries around food, it right? Is. And to do it God, in a healthy way, like it's so hard. I'm not here, like, saying that I know the answer because I don't fucking know the answer. I'm right. struggling too, but anybody says know, they have it all figured happening. out as a parent, like, no, they're lying. They don't, nobody has it all figured out. Yeah, for sure. If kids, you know, if we left them to, to their own devices, they would definitely drink or eat nothing but the Nutella, you know, Nutella sandwiches. <laughs> and yeah. It's a balancing act, teaching them the importance of protein and, and fruits and vegetables and things like that. Have you ever worked directly with youth or like in, in your clinical experience or, or anything like that? Yeah, I have. And I've had a parent sit right down next to their kid and call them fat to their face. So oh that was God. awful. I had an 11 year old with an eating disorder. That was awful. Yeah. I took the mother aside into another room and said, have you been dieting? And she said, yeah, I've been dieting my whole life. And I'm like, bingo, no judgment, but this is, so they watch, they see everything, everything, you know, even if you think they don't, they know when you're fasting and you're drinking nothing but green juice and coffee until like 12 o'clock, they know all of that. We've been talking so much about this exact topic for probably over a month now on the yeah. podcast is we mo- have, modeling these behaviors like for your podcast. kids and, you know, yeah. breaking up for, with diet mentality and diet culture and food rules and, and leading by example, just showing, you know, health promoting behaviors, getting them involved with your, with your movement, with walking and, and things like that. Yeah. You know, they, they see that stuff and they will pick it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They pick it up. Good or bad. They will pick it up. <laughs> hmm. One other thing we we wanted to talk to you about too was collagen because we we hear so much about collagen online especially especially from women middle-aged women. So what do we actually know about collagen and you know the benefits or or lack thereof of collagen? Okay, so collagen is a protein and just like any protein when we consume it we're consuming chains of amino acids that 
makeup collagen as we know it. So when the chains of amino acids get into our digestive system, they're broken up into individual amino acids and then put back together and sent to where the body needs them. So when you eat collagen, it doesn't necessarily go to your hair or your skin or your nails in the form of collagen, it can be completely like broken, it is completely broken up and extend to what whatever your body it needs. It cannot be for. what it once was. Right. So like people say, well, I'm taking collagen for my skin, but it's not necessarily going to your skin in the form of collagen. That being said, and this is an area of nutrition that I've recently changed my opinion on because when you know better, you do better. And when ever, nutrition science is, is constantly changing and it's my responsibility to keep up with that. And um, when I see better evidence towards something, I'm 100% will change my view if I have to. I used to say that there is no compelling evidence to show that collagen has a positive impact on skin appearance and turgor, which is like springiness and whatever. Now I changed my tune with a caveat. The evidence is still not great in terms of methodology, but I am a big believer in where there's smoke, there's fire. So like, since I first reviewed it a couple of years ago, collagen, that is, there have been several or more than several studies, again, showing the exact same thing, which is that collagen improves the, improves the appearance of the skin and the appearance of fine lines. So I say that, you know what, as long as you're using a reputable brand, it's not harmful to try. And it looks as though there may be evidence showing that it has that effect. Joint pain and collagen, we've known for a while that it, it does help some people. Interesting. While collagen is a complete protein or incomplete protein, sorry, in your opinion, does collagen supplementation matter if you're eating a, you know, um, adequate amounts of, of whole proteins? No. Complete protein? I don't think so. Well, it just depends on what you're supplementing it for. If you're like, I'm not getting enough protein, so I need a protein powder and I choose collagen. Yeah, like I guess, I mean, there's better protein powders out there that are or protein sources like um, hydrolyzed whey is like the gold standard. Right. That's your thing. But collagen, it's fine. Like it, it, if you're looking to maybe improve your skin, maybe improve your joint, the joint pain, you know, it has to be type two collagen, it's different, then that's an option. Yeah. But like, I'm never a fan of adding protein powder on top of a diet with adequate protein. It's just, I just don't think like you can have too much of a good thing. Like, why do you need that extra? And that's what I always tell people when it comes to collagen or things like BCAAs. Like if you're getting, if you're getting adequate amounts of protein, that stuff just really doesn't matter. Or greens powders. They're not taking oh, over yeah. from vegetables. I'm sorry. It doesn't equal. Yeah, let's talk know, about greens powders. And you're, you're getting a, you're like, there's no fiber. It's just athletic greens, for example. It's a racket, man. Like, sure, it has antioxidants. But like, again, I'm bringing this up. Like, what is the clinical relevance? Has anyone ever shown that a greens powder improves health in any kind of meaningful way? I don't know, like probably not. But like, people think that if they don't have a lot of fruits and vegetables, they can just have this powder. And it's not the same. And you're missing you're out so much on more. Top of, yeah. Right. And if you're eating it on top of like an adequate diet, why? It's so expensive. Like, someone told you that it makes you healthier like no you can be healthy and just eat food you don't need all these supplements it's okay that's, that's a wild thought <laughs> <laughs> my god i am so tired and exhausted by the supplement questions yeah, if someone else asks me like what do you think of reds and greens <laughs> what do you think of bcs what do you think of collagen should i what are you taking beth I take fucking nothing. And right they wanted, now. you know why? Because I spent thousands of dollars on bullshit. <laughs> right. Boom. And none of it fucking works. No. And half the time you forget to take it. 
I'm actually about to do a reel now about this girl who is talking about her bloating supplement, that array stuff. And it's so fucking disordered. I can't even like you're bloated because you ate chickpea pasta. A bloating supplement? That's the first time I've heard of this one. Yeah, there's ads for this fucking product all over the place. And it's like you're bloated because your stomach is full which, you know, it's normal. And you ate chickpea pasta, so you're bloated because you know why? Your gut bacteria are super excited that they have this fiber. And that's a good thing. Why are we medicalizing all of this shit and forcing, like, not forcing, but like, well, forcing people to hear your sales pitch about this bloating supplement that's so disordered? No. All of these supplements are so much, and people start thinking that they can't be healthy without them. But I'm here to say, mm-hmm. yes, you can. Yes, you can. Unless you medically need something, you don't have to take anything. Well, vitamin D, I'm in Canada. I don't right. know where you guys are based, but yeah. I saw, well, I think uh, we yeah. both supplement with vitamin so we D. Got it too. So yeah. Yeah, we have. Uh, that's to. actually something I, recent that I started doing per the, uh, yeah. the RD on my team. She's like, Matt, I don't care how active you are, what your lifestyle looks like. You should be supplementing, especially living in Ohio. Yeah, definitely. So like vitamin D, that's the exception. All of these other stuff, especially multi-level marketing uh, supplements, like they're the worst. From that perspective, the MLM supplements, if you want to buy that supplement, go buy it from somebody that's not an MLM because you're just paying three or four times the the actual price. Yes. Go buy that crap supplement from the drugstore. Same thing. Yeah. And way less expensive for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. We we love talking about our hate for MLMs here, but you're really you're just you're just paying for uh, the uplines and all the other sales reps that need to get commissions. Oh, it's so. Basically, you're like victimizing people, really, because MLMs yeah. take advantage of women who are vulnerable. It's awful. Yep. Stay-at-home moms, people that just had babies. Yep. yep. Let's start a business, you guys. Hey, hon. <laughs> hey, hon. Yes. Hey, hon. <laughs> a whole other episode. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's been awesome having you on. Yeah, it's Absolutely. been fun. Thank you. So, yeah, it's been great. Uh, before, you, before you do go, Abby, um, where can people find your book? Best ways to contact you if they're interested in, in chatting with you, mm-hmm. asking you questions, working with you in any of your programs, anything like that. So you can find me on abbylangernutrition.com. My book is Good Food, Bad Diet. It's sold anywhere that books are sold. And I'm on Instagram at Langer Nutrition and Facebook, Abby Langer Nutrition and Instagram, sorry, TikTok. I don't even know what my TikTok handle is. Is that bad? (laughs) We'll look it up and we'll put it in the notes for you. (laughs) Awesome. And then soon, at some point, a new book for teens. (laughs) Oh, she's <laughs> yeah, it's really. Uh, it. Listen, if you if you do it, we want you to we want you to come back on for your book tour to to talk about it. Okay, one thousand percent. I will. Amazing. We can't wait. <laughs> All right, Abby. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been great. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So why not share it with a friend who needs to hear it? Send us a DM on Instagram or email us at cutthecrappod at gmail.com and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutthecrappodcast. As always, we appreciate you and thanks for being here.